have you ever noticed just how many things in this world either appear together or seem to just go together? Let's have a little bit of fun just right, right from the word start, all right? I'm going to make this a little easier for you at the start. It's going to get a little harder. Help me out here. Things that go together in our world. Shoes and... Very good. Okay, that's probably a third of you. All right, shoes and socks. You get the idea. All right, let's go to the next one. Tuxedo and bow. Okay, you're getting it. Shorts and thongs. Very good. Very good. Romeo and laurel and... Wow, you're good. What about this one? Don't be confused. Neil Armstrong and Buzz. Who said light year? I see those hands. Well, let's go there. Buzz Lightyear and... Very good. You're getting it. You're getting it. What about this one? Tom and... Who said Nicole? That was years ago, wasn't it? What about this one? Eggs and... Toast? Bacon. We'll go with bacon. We'll go with bacon. All right. What about this one? Last couple. Fish and... Very good. Steve and... Very good. (laughs) And of course, that list of combinations could go on and on. And whether by accident or by design, some things have ended up together and are simply a part of our everyday experience. And it seems as, as a part of God's design for you and I within the church is that he brings us together, what we say here at Door of Hope, together in community that we learn over time to love and appreciate the differences within each other. We learn to appreciate the contribution of one another. We discover that we can and should complement each other. Why? Because we belong together and we are better together. During my over 20 years experience at this church and on staff now for 19 years into my 19th year, one of the things that I love most about Door of Hope Christian Church is the fact that this is a family, that this is a home. Now, it's not a building or a meeting that we attend, but it's a family that we feel very much a part of. And I don't know about you, sometimes you you hear somebody share with you in conversation that they're talking about their own family and how much they love their own family. But you can't help think to yourself, well, I love my family and I think I love my family the best. And it's the same with our church family. We love other churches, but we love our church family the best. And what I love about Door of Hope is that I've seen the desire of our staff, our elders, and our congregation over many years now to build something special for God in our city. But we do that together in the community. You see, as I mentioned before, we're not just a building that you come to. We're not just a function that you attend. We're not a religious social group that you subscribe to. No, 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 no. That this is a family we get to be a part of and that we believe that we are better together. And so because of that being a family, together in community, the role of this family is not just to simply sit around week in, week out, enjoying what's dished up, But the role and goal of this family is far richer and far deeper because the function of this family 
uh, Dorothy alluded to it before, is to become increasingly, can you say this with me? Jesus-centered, others-focused, and together in community. That's what we're going to focus on today, together in community. Let me just keep that slide up there just for a moment, if we could. Jesus-centered is our spiritual development, where we become and we behave more like Jesus each and every day. Others-focused is our missional development. It's how we treat um, our community, how we treat people that we do life with. And together in community, that's our relational development. We have spiritual, missional, and relational development. And we work pretty hard at that over the years here at Door of Hope. And so because of that, therefore, it is extremely important for us to consistently, in this journey as a family, to hit the pause button and gather around the family dinner table and ask this question. How are we really functioning as a family? Can we work on being better together? Because I believe our ability to realize the potential that God has for our church will largely depend on the engagement, acceptance, and energy of our people. Let me say that again. Our ability to realize the potential God has for our church will largely depend on the engagement, acceptance, and energy of our people. You see, for any family to function well, every family member must know their role and play it. And so, because of this, over this next seven weeks here at Door of Hope, we're going to gather around the family dinner table and we're going to engage in the scriptures together and ask a few questions of one another. Are we personally embracing our unique role in this family? Are we seizing every opportunity and reaching our full capacity? And are we operating in our full potential? And that's why we've called this series Better Together, seven vital ways to connect. And the focus here this morning is on connect groups. So I'd like to start, well, that's my introduction in a way. I'd like to start by saying that at the core of what we do, you need to know something, and it's this, is, is not about sitting in rows. It's all about getting into circles. Because circles are better than rows. Even though I love the row experience and we come and we celebrate and enjoy that time, there are things that will happen, well, can happen, face-to-face that will never happen shoulder-to-shoulder. And here at Door of Hope, we are committed to being a face-to-face church, not just a shoulder-to-shoulder church. Personally speaking, if I could just for a moment, as a Christian, this has been one of the biggest benefits for me uh, of being in circles throughout my entire life. And here's why it's important. We, me, we, drift. We drift. What I mean by that is that we naturally drift away from everything that is holy and that is wholesome. You see, you rarely drift in a good direction, in fact, in any capacity, if I could say. If it's good for us, we drift from it. January 1, New Year's resolutions. How are you going? Have you drifted from your exercise regime? Have you drifted 
from your diet? Have you drifted? Yeah, come on, let's be honest. Yeah. Have we drifted from our studies? We drift from our budgets. We drift from our relationships. We drift from our marriages. We drift from our daily hope, 20 minutes in the chair. And so the gravitational pull of life is generally in the wrong direction. Maybe I could put it in another way, is that we are swimming upstream. But as you think about that, that tug, that current, is that we have not called to swim alone. But we've been called to swim together because, as I said before, and I'll keep saying this throughout this series, we believe that we are better together. You see, when you are together in community, you're in a circle with people who share your values and are trying to get to the same destination as you are. But it's good to know that this is not a new thing at all. In fact, as we start to open scriptures, we start to see in the early church, in the first century church, the writers address this with the church who were experiencing drift themselves. And I've been having what I call a saturated reflection on this passage that we're going to look at at the moment. It's written from uh, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verses 12 to 13. I want you to read this just to yourself. And then we're going to take this apart. We're going to suspect the text here this morning. Have a read, and I'll read it in a moment. See to it. See to it. Three words. See to it. Look out for it. Help one another. See to it. Be active in it. See to it. Okay? First three words. We're right to move on. See to it. Brothers and sisters. Press pause. Brothers and sisters. It's inclusive. It's plural. It's not just brothers. It's not just sisters. It's plural. It's everybody. It's inclusive. It includes everybody. See to it. Brothers and sisters. That How many? None. None of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. Everyone say the word heart with me. Heart. That's important in this text. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. That heart that you and I have can easily turn, what the Scripture says, turn away from the living God. Who would think? Who would think that that could be possible? An unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But, here's the butts of the Bible. I'm going to write a book on one day. The butts of the Bible. But, (laughs) encourage one another daily. Encourage one another daily. As long as it is called today. I looked up the Greek on that word today. You know what it means? Today. Today. (laughs) Oldie but a goodie. All right. As long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So the church has certainly experienced this, experiencing incredible growth, which we're about to get onto in a moment in the book of Acts. But what the writer is saying here is that we each have that capacity, we each have that capacity to turn our backs on God and 
drift. We drift. And drift begins, what does it say in that passage? The drift begins within our hearts. Temptations come our way. Doubts come our way. Questions, as we're driving along, we're starting to question my belief and relationships and connections and God and all that kind of stuff. We talk ourselves into stupid things. See to it. You know what the writer's saying there? See to it. He's saying, help. Help one another. You are going to need as much help in this life as you can get. And nobody knows unless somebody is looking out for you. Unless they have access to you, it ain't going to happen in rows. We're so good, aren't we? We come and we had a hectic morning trying to get the kids dressed. We get them in the car and we have those Sunday faces on and we're always thinking is row, 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 row. And we're not thinking of circle, 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 circle. And so because of that, rows don't know and that drifting heart doesn't show in a room, um, in a row. And we swim alone. We struggle upstream. And that's the importance of circles. That's what we're getting onto this morning. And translated, the writer says there, but encourage one another. Encourage one another. He says, encourage one another daily. That word encourage is not what you think it is. That word encourage is not what, you know, doing a great job. You're looking great this morning. Keep up the great work. That word translated, that word encourage translated means to appeal to urge strongly or even beg you know what the writer's saying there to encourage one another daily he says i want you to be in each other's lives i want you to have access and permission to help and to speak into one another's lives so no one stands alone so a single mum doesn't have to go through the struggles of what a single mum or father has to go through No one stands alone. That young person who's going through all kinds of things in their minds because social media is just going at them day after day after day and telling them they're a rotten person and they're feeding stuff into their lives. No one has to stand alone, but encourage one another daily. And so the the author is saying the best defense against self-deceit The best defense against talking ourselves into stupid things, that the best defense is not you, the best defense is not me, the best defense is we. Together, in community, the best defense is us, and that's the power of circles. Let's have a look at the growth of the early church and how they coped and how they moved from rows to circles, if we could just for a moment. Acts, it's the book of Acts. Acts, uh, a great book, one of my favorite books. Um, It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit, the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, It's the growth of the church. It's an exciting, encouraging book in the Holy Bible. And uh, it's the first The first church grew, one of the things we do need to know, in Jerusalem, the first church grew over a 25-year period from 120 people, get this, to over 100,000 people. It's extraordinary growth, and I'll show you the scriptures just in a moment to prove that. Um, And here at Door of Hope, we have a 2020 vision, long story cut short, we're aiming at three goals, to grow hope, to grow invitations, and to grow mercy. And we're believing for a thousand stories 
not for the sake of numbers, but a thousand stories. And we're starting to hear them, right? We're starting to hear them. A thousand stories of hope and of transformation. Only the good work of the good news could do that. Come back, early church. How big was Jerusalem? In, that, in those days. Well, scholars would certainly say somewhere, somewhere between the size of 200,000 and 250,000 people. That's how big Jerusalem was. What's a city in, in Tasmania that's that same kind of size? Hobart. Hobart, yeah? Two, 250,000 people. So the church is half the size, one out of every two people. And you kind of think with that massive growth from 120 people to 100,000 people, where do you put 100,000 people? Well, let's have a look. Let's go to Scriptures because the Scriptures teach us in Acts chapter 1, verse 15, it says this. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. So there's our first number. Let's go to the next passage, 247. This is Acts 247. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily. How many days in a year? So it's about 365, something like that, yeah? So there's at least 365 people per year, at least, right? It's more than that. Uh, daily, those who were being saved. Let's go to the next passage. This is from Acts 4, verse 4. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about how many? 5,000. You see the progression. It's really growing. We're only up to Acts chapter 4. Let's go to the next one. This is chapter 5, verse 42. Day after day in the temple courts. Where were they? In the temple courts. You do your homework for me. Go and Google temple courts where they worship God together. All right, in the temple courts, and from where? House to house. They're in the temple courts and from house to house. They never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. See, the early church, we simply find from that passage, if you could leave that just up for a moment, we find two clear practices that demonstrated that they belong together in community and that they were better together. And this strategy still works, believe it or not, till today. You see, the context... You think about it, the context of their gathering, of their together in community, was a large group worship. Where was it? In the temple courts, yes? And a small group fellowship. Where was it? From house to house. A large group worship, large context, and a small context. And here at Door of Hope, we believe that the church must grow larger and smaller at the same time. What I mean by that is this, larger through um, our um, weekend services and smaller through our connect groups. Why connect groups? Well, I'm going to give us just three quick reasons why we do connect groups here at Door of Hope. First of all, small groups are biblical. Small groups are biblical. What I mean by that is the small groups are God's idea. And of course, God himself in his nature, doesn't he not? He demonstrates the connection of the triune God. It's called Trinity. It's a theologian word, a theology word, a word of theology. And um, it means God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in their connect group, in the small group ever since. And so the question I have for us is, you might remember what Jesus did, the very first thing he did after he was baptized. Let's have a look at Mark chapter, what was it? Mark chapter 3. 
You see, Jesus, what he did when he got into ministry and in life, one of the first things he did was this. He went up onto a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed how many? Twelve. That they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. And so the first thing that Jesus does is he calls his connect group, his disciples, his 12 to be with him, to hang with him, to learn from him, to do life with him, to connect with him and to each other. And Jesus himself models the value of not just row to row, um, row, row ministry, but circle ministry. Jesus models this value, and it's God's idea. Small groups are biblical. So the question I have for us this morning is this. Second reason. First reason, small groups are biblical. Second reason we do connect groups here is that they are personal. Small groups are personal. What I mean by that is that you receive personal care. There is no way, and I don't do a lot of it, there is no way one single minister, pastor could do the whole care of our church. It would take forever. I would not last long. None of us would, to tell you the truth. And in a connect group, small group, um, you receive that personal care. In a gathering like this, it's extremely hard to build those close relationships, where connect groups, I believe, are the only way to care and disciple, apart from our pastoral care system, which we have a very strong system, by the way. But one of the values we have here at Door of Hope is to be that positive, caring community, not just a crowd that gathers of a Sunday. So through connect groups, everyone can experience personal care. To love and be loved, to serve and be served, to celebrate, to be celebrated, to know and to be known. Third and final reason is, is that why we do connect groups here is that they are flexible. We're flexible. I'm sure for those who have experienced a connect group, you've had to change times every now and then. I certainly have. But with connect groups, you can generally connect anytime and anywhere. I know groups among us here at Dorof Hope, sometimes you, you meet in the workplace. In fact, weekly, you meet in the workplace to, to share because you're in a space and a place that you're able to do that. And if you think creatively, you can do that as well. And so to be able to connect, even at school, you can think creatively about that. And so uh, in the foyer, after the service this morning, you'll have the opportunity to talk to our team about what might best suit you and to be flexible in that. Small groups are what? Biblical, personal, and flexible. So what does a connect group do? In these last few minutes, I want to share with you what they do. When we're looking from a biblical perspective, let's go back to the early church, what they did in Acts chapter 2, verses 42, and I'm done. It goes like this, that they devoted, say that word with me, devoted, <gasps> devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So there's a fair bit going on there. First of all, they had that self-discipline, that sense of being devoted. They didn't have to have anyone say, come on, come on, you can do it. They devoted themselves. So as they devoted themselves, they allowed the apostles to do what they had to do to lead the church forward, to reach 120,000 people, to reach half a million people, to reach a million. So they released them. They devoted themselves to what? To the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. The first thing the early church did in their connect groups is they studied the Bible together. They studied the Bible 
together. It's a pretty special thing to be able to do that. You know, some countries across our globe, if they got caught doing that, would happen. And we have freedom, don't we? We have freedom in this country to study the Bible together. God's living and active word comes alive as we study the Bible together. And that's what happened in the early church. Secondly, they fellowshiped together. They devoted themselves and they fellowship together. And of course, the primary purpose of our connect groups here at Door of Hope is to build relationships, to connect one to each other. And you can study the Bible, of course, at a lot of places, but you can't fellowship with a crowd that well. They took communion together. They took communion together. You see, you can take communion in small groups, because communion, which we're about to take in just a moment, is a meal for those who follow Jesus. And the New Testament points out that it was always taken in small groups, in fact. And so you're invited to share in communion, as the early church did. The fourth thing they did is that they prayed for each other. They prayed for each other. And here at Door of Hope, one of our top six key values is powerful prayer. Without prayer, I don't know where we'd be as a church. I really would not know. And we're sharing, weren't we, this morning in our prayer time at 9 o'clock about the, uh, the, uh, uh, the current temperature of our prayer across our church. And we've got a prayer service coming up at the end of March that we invite the church to come and pray together. But that's together. What about in our connect groups? There's power. And we're hearing some great stories right across our city of powerful prayer together. They pray together. And as we know now in the church, what unfolded the Holy Spirit did amongst the community. Fifth thing that they did is they helped each other in practical ways. And I want to say, this is not on my notes at all. The door of hope are outstanding at doing these kind of things. Verse 45 says this. It says that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who has need. What that looks like maybe today. What does that look like? Maybe a babysitter. Maybe some, some food to be delivered. Maybe somebody needs a lift to Alpha or somewhere. Maybe somebody needs some clothing or they need to move house. They offered practical help one to each other. And what does it say? No one was in need. Sixth thing they did is they ate together. They ate together. This is my favorite one. Let's have a look. Verse 46 says, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with what glad and sincere hearts. I've never eaten with an insincere heart. You give me food, I get glad and sincere real quick. You see, food is that tool of fellowship, isn't it? And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Here's the interesting thing as I've been reading through this and as you reflect on the teachings of Jesus and how he taught and where he taught and what was surrounding him as he's taught. Here's the interesting thing because if you study the ministry of Jesus, some of his most profound teaching was while people were walking and eating. Think about it. And you kind of ask, well, why is that the case? These deep truths that came from Jesus while he was walking and while they were eating. Why? It's because when you are walking and when you are eating, you are most relaxed. Hmm. There's something about that, isn't there? 
Uh, seventh thing, and I've got eight things, so two to go, that they sang together. They sang together. Verse 47 goes on in this passage in Acts chapter 2 says, praising God, praising God. And here at Door Hope, as you've already experienced, we love to praise God and give thanks to Him through singing, through our giving, sharing one with one another, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They sang together. And you can do that in your home group. I've certainly done that with my connect group. And we had a great time. One of the times I'll never forget in our, time, in our time together as a connect group. Sometimes, for you, you may not have a guitarist or piano player. Just put a CD on or a cassette tape or <laughs> grab out a DVD or a guitar. <laughs> You've got Apple Music and things like that these days. YouTube, you've got all access to those kind of things. But they sang together. Sometimes you might not want to put music on. Eighth and final thing, and I'm done, is that they brought unbelievers to Jesus. They brought unbelievers to Jesus. In verse 47, says this, And the Lord, what? Added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Bible calls the church the body. The body. The body of what? The body of Christ. Very good. And a body is made up of individual cells. And in the body of Christ, the cells are our connect groups. There are connect groups. You see, connect groups are not a program at Door of Hope Christian Church. They are our church. Why? Because we belong together and we are better together. And so from my heart to you here this morning, as we move into 2017 more and more, I'm asking all at Door of Hope to make it a priority to what? To connect large and to connect small. Connect large here of a Sunday as we worship together, as we learn together, as we laugh together, as we grow, celebrate, we're encouraged and we're inspired to therefore go our rows. But we're also invited to connect small in our circles, to join a connect group during the week or one of our courses, our Life Solutions courses, which starts not this week, but next week. Or, or Alpha. Where's my Alpha team? There they are. Starts this week, Tuesday morning, Wednesday night. Going to be in for a great time. So whatever shape it takes for you, you can experience being together in community and what it truly means to love and be loved, to serve and be served, to celebrate and to be celebrated and to know and to be known. I can tell you with complete certainty that these two God-given contexts for connection will build and bless you will build and bless your family and will build and bless your friends. You know why? We are created to do life together in community. And God places this pattern within the church to connect large and to connect small. And as we do this, may our prayer be that God will do again what he did in the first century, adding to our number daily those who are being saved in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Well, let's come around the table of communion together in community and let me pray. Father, it is our prayer and it's as simple as this, that you would enable each of us and help us each, empower us to connect large and to connect small because you've created us. You've designed us for relationship and created us for connection. Help us, we pray, to put in place these two contexts that will help us to grow, that will help us to be healthy 
and to gather each Sunday in worship and prayer and encouragement to be regularly connected in a small context and a large context with other people who are on the journey of faith, doing life together in community. And right now, I thank you for this meal we're about to eat together in community. Because we're reminded in Luke chapter 22 that Jesus and his connect group, his disciples were reclining in the upper room. They were eating together. That they were drinking together. They were sharing food together. They were sharing community together. And it turned quiet all of a sudden. Where Jesus takes the two items that are on the table, and he takes the bread and he takes the cup. And he says... Remember me. Remember me. And he takes the bread and he lifts it and shows them and he says that this is my body. Eat this in, remember, in remembrance of my broken body. And he takes the cup and he lifts and he shows them. He says that this is my blood poured out for the sins of the world. Drink this in remembrance of me. And through this meal, he has given each of us a way to remember and to give thanks. This meal is an invitation to all who follow Jesus. There'll be further instructions on the screen. Please remain seated as the team are here to serve you. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you and praise your wonderful name. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen.